Prince Remembered from The Current. Hey, this is Andrea Swenson. While making our documentary series Prince, the story of 1999, we reached out to some contemporary artists to talk about the ongoing legacy of this album and the influence that Prince has had on so many people's lives. I was so excited when Fred Armisen agreed to be interviewed for this project. He's a comedian, he's an actor, he's a musician himself, a drummer, in fact. He came up in the punk world before going into acting and comedy, and he was the star of the Prince Show sketch on Saturday Night Live. This is my full conversation with Fred Armisen. I am so excited to talk to you about 1999 because I feel like you have such a perfect story of coming out of the kind of punk background and then falling in love with Prince. And that is so much about what the story of 1999 is about. Uh, this, you know, major crossover moment for him and, and winning over this whole new world of fans. So I would love for you to start by, if you could just tell me a little bit about like pre-Prince Fred, like what was going on in your life at that time before you had heard him? Like a lot of people, um, it's hard like equals, like also listening to the Beatles and the Who and, and stuff like that. But then right around uh, the early 80s, I got very, uh, it's, it's almost like um, uh, being part of an army or something. Like, I, you know, you just like really adhere to the rules of punk rock. So for me, it was like The Clash and The Dead Kennedys and, and bands like that, where um, you, you become like staunch, or I became staunch, you know, and with your friends there's like a sort of list of bands who are just the cool ones. And um, it, it's all, it, it's all the, the punk, it's like a lot of British bands uh, peppered with like some of the American bands. So it's like the Jam and the Clash and the Sex Pistols and, um, and bands like that. Um, the Damned. Uh, and it was like, the, the color scheme is like very like, black and white and also camouflage. Camouflage for some reason was like, that was like the ultimate, uh, I almost want to say that's the flag, was like camouflage. Like anything sort of, you know, any kind of dark colors was, was the way to go. So that's kind of like where where I was at at the time. Um, I mean, I, I could list a million more bands, but I, I feel like you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So tell me about seeing, you said it was a video, right, that you saw the first time that you really discovered yeah. Prince? Well, that's the way, yes, that's the, the first thing I saw, and it was the 1999 video. And it wasn't, it wasn't Little Red Corvette, it was like, the, it was the song of 1999. And, you know, like I said, I was, it, it, I was so staunch in, like, what was cool. This is punk. Nothing will ever change. This is, you know, this is the ultimate in cool. And then when I saw this 1999 video, it was on MTV, and um, it really turned my idea upside down of what cool is. Because I just remember it was so vivid, all those, like, sort of red, purple... Um, maybe there was some pink in there too, but just the sort of bright colors um, that, and that song, and like everything about it just really threw back at me what I thought was cool. 
And to me, the message was, oh, you think you know what's cool and what's great? How about this? <laughs> oh, and, and it just, you know, I, the other thing was I was alone. You know, like, um, when you're that age, I think a lot of TV is watched um, late at night. You know, your parents are in, in bed, um, is in the basement. And so it's a different kind of, it's a different version of being impressionable. Because it's not when you're with your friends, like, hey, is this cool or not? It's like, you're, it's, it's very confrontational. It's just the image and, and saying, uh, you're going to have to rethink what your record collection is going to look like. Mm. And um, I didn't even, even the name, you know, uh, it's the first, it's the first I'd, I think I'd seen his name at the record store, um, but I, it's the first time that I saw him like that. I just was like, what is this? Prince. You know, yeah. As opposed to um, whatever bands I was listening to, there's something about it also that it wasn't metal. It wasn't. It was like this really, which is what he, you know, went on to become for me. Was this that was also so mysterious, Prince, <laughs> and everything about it, and also the mystery of that song too, because um. To call a title the name of a year that it isn't that year is also pretty crazy. <laughs> right. You know, like, um, the song wasn't called uh, Let's All Dance or, you know, uh, you know uh, Look at These Flashing Lights or Look at This. It was just, uh, uh, it was just this other, what, what is this year he's talking about? <laughs> Even though it was about partying. It, it actually, to me, is is very um, uh, similar to punk rock lyrics, you know, because it's about the apocalypse. So something in there also is a little bit like, that's kind of what, I, I, there were a few bands who were doing that kind of thing. Um, what was this sort of Africa Bombada PIS song, uh, John Madden song? Um, this is the world destruction. There is, there was, a, that, that was kind of thematic, but, um, but yeah, that's just those colors. And in the video, it's a sort of the stage show. I was like, what is this stage show? So I remember for that tour, I missed it, but he played Radio City Music Hall. So he was already becoming huge. Right. Not obviously that arena size huge, but he was on that level, which is such a sweet spot for bands where they're not doing arenas yet, but they are clearly getting bigger. Oh, that, that's very exciting. You know, like, oh, here it comes, you know. Yeah. Have you heard the backstory of the 1999 song? No. Okay, so I I got a chance to interview um, Prince's drummer, Bobby Z. I've interviewed a bunch of people yeah. for this, and it's been so illuminating. Um, but he said that they were on tour. It must have been the end of the Dirty Mind tour. And they were at a hotel that had HBO. And they had this documentary that was airing on HBO called The Man Who Saw Tomorrow, which was about Nostradamus and all of these like futuristic predictions. And one of his predictions that hadn't come true yet was that the world was going to end in 1999. And all of the bandmates were freaking out. And like Bobby Z described it as, you know, a normal person would just talk amongst yourselves and say, like, isn't that crazy? And Prince went back to his hotel room and wrote that song. <laughs> oh, man. I think I remember that documentary, too. I actually just watched it again because I had to see. It's so bad. <laughs> it's, it's awful. <laughs> 
Yeah. Orson Welles is I mean, I the narrator, and it, he looks like he just would rather be anywhere else. I, I wish I had a cooler answer, because, like, the right answer is to say, uh, yeah, and that's when I ran out and got the album. And I, I didn't. I, I don't know why I didn't. Um, I loved it. And I remember then a little bit Corvette was like a hit. Loved it. And it was on the radio. And somehow I did just, I wish I had a cool answer, but I just didn't get around to buying it. Uh, it wasn't until Purple Rain that I was like, I'm a Prince fanatic. Uh-huh. That was like Purple Rain was like the first album that I bought. Darn it, I wish I was cooler. <laughs> That's okay. You got there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, so I would love to hear a little bit more about, you know, how Prince has inspired you or influenced your work over the years. Prince really became my favorite artist. Um, and I really stuck with him, like, for just, um, I just needed my help. I mean, like, I really, um, uh, I really just became a fanatic. I, I really... And it was kind of like a lonely experience because I don't think any of my friends really got any of these records. So it was just me buying album after album. And the first time I saw him was on the parade tour. Mm. I, I saw him on that one. I missed the Purple Rain tour. Um, but I really soaked up every lyric, every little drum beat, every, everything about him. Um, uh, just describe what it's like to listen to him. You know, I'm going to sound like a music journalist, you know, like I'm like the, you know, so I'm trying to like, uh, share my experience, like in my, my own way, you know, the best way I know how. And for me, it's that drum sound that first got me into him, you know, so it's the drum sound you hear on 1989. And then, on parade, um, you hear it like it's sort of sparse and sort of electronic sounding. Um, and somewhere in there is where he really had my number. I really felt like this guy knows exactly what I want to hear. Mm. And I heard it as very artsy and experimental. Um, on um, Around the World in a Day, um, you know, the song Paisley Park. Yeah. That to me is so, uh, to me it was all, all like art music, like Talking Heads and what, what Beck ended up doing. And to me, so, so for me, I, I, I just experienced it as like these experiments that were, I don't know, just so prolific. And, and the artwork, and it was all so abstract and mysterious. And I loved that there was religion in it, being that, like, I, I felt like this is kind of an uncool thing to do also, you know? Like, I, I mean, it's a compliment, like, a little bold, you know, to, to go into religion and everything. So it eclipsed everything else I was listening to. I, I really, um, until Sweeter Kinney came along, that was like it was like all I was listening to. Um, I was really, really uh, obsessed I just couldn't get enough, and I couldn't, and I liked um, the things that I didn't understand. I, I you know, I, there were some songs I just didn't understand what they were about, and I really enjoyed that. Um, 
God, his voice. I loved it also that he drummed on everything or on a live stuff. And then um, Sign of the Times remains one of my favorite albums of, of all time to this day. What an album. Sign of the Times really affected me. Love Sexy really affected me. And then going into the 90s, I just kept buying his records. I kept like, it's almost like we had an agreement. I was like, hey, <laughs> wherever you want to go, I will go with you. Aww. That's you know, um, I really, um, I was drawn to Minneapolis because of him. Um, I, you know, you know there's all the other Minneapolis bands that I love, like just doing the replacements and stuff, but there was something about him that I, you know, I've, I, I'm, I'm guessing I probably told you this story, but um, when my band went to Minneapolis to go play, this was in the nineties, I made someone go drive me out to his studio at Spacey Park just to look at it. Oh. I had no appointment. I was like, let me kind of look at the building. And then that's what I did. Wow. I think we might have been able to drive onto the parking lot. I don't know if that's correct, but I remember there was like little pebbles in the parking lot that were purple. Oh. Um, I was such a Prince freak <laughs> that I, you know, I think when anyone's a fan of anything, they want to be an elitist about it. Like, actually, I know that, you know. So I went to, he, he had a retail store yeah. uh, on Hennepin Avenue, and I went into the, I just bought whatever I could afford. Um, I don't know if there was like a, I, I just bought anything that was on paper. That was like sort of easiest, you know. Uh, tour books and stuff like that. And um, I remember, like, the thing that I would brag about, the thing that I thought was, like, I, I was a little bit like, you know, purple isn't his favorite color. I think, you know, like, I think it's peach. Right, you know, right. Because some of the times I go into peach and black on it. So I was, I was trying to be like, you know, I like him more than uh, just purple rain. I was one of, you know, I think I... I have a suspicion that everybody does that. Like, I'm actually really a fan. Um, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and uh, I remember also, like, you know, when he changed his name to that symbol, also really trying to, like, draw it. And I was already in my 20s, and I was, it was like a high school student trying to draw that thing. Um, and I just loved him, I, I, you know, all the way through. And, and, his music still affects me. And now, now that, like, I get to do stuff on TV, I even, I respect all his moves even more. I'm like, that is so, such a smart thing to do to change his name. And also, you know, to have these, like, like the things that he didn't agree to do, I understand so much more now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Just from, just from like, and it's, I, I, no, no disrespect to any company I've ever worked for, but you know, there are a lot of times when you have a product where a company wants you to do something, and you're a little bit like, no, oh, I don't know if that's exactly what we want to do. It's like the image, you know, we were trying to do this a little bit more, and now I understand like why Prince was like, no, absolutely not. That's not what I am. He's a sort of, sort of single beetle, you know, like the way the Beatles like stop touring and stop being, you know, what they used to be. I love that Prince also was not a nostalgia. You know, that he totally. also kept going forward, forward, forward. Yeah, I love that too. 
I'm so glad you got to meet him. Oh, yeah. Can you believe it? I mean, now that he's gone, by the way, I still can't believe he's gone. I'll see a picture of him. And it's been some years now, but sometimes I see a picture of him and I I have to, you know, then I remember that, oh, yeah, he's not here anymore. That's, it's really, um, yeah, that part, that part is, is, that's very sad to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I sometimes in interviews, I've talked about, you know, meeting him and there's this macaroni and cheese story. And as I look back on it, I, I, I sort of turned it more into a story than me being able to really, uh, appreciate the experience of it. You know, right? Because right. I think I, I think he was just trying to goof around with me, and I and also when I met him at the studio at SNL, he really was nice. You know, he really was uh, present, and and I, I said this before, but like also like very um, very male. Like his voice is so low, mm-hmm. and. Um, and also, like his physique, like he had, he he had the the presence of a musician, of a famous musician. Even if he had never become a famous musician, he just was a famous musician. Like that, something about his look was like, oh, he could be nothing else, right? You know. Well, he wasn't I think some that guy. I think that started very early on from what all of his friends and musicians have told me. He was acting like a rock star even when he was like fourteen. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, I could I could see it. Like, I think some people are just, you know, genetically built to be a, a rock star. Totally. Yeah, um, it's uh, I, again. Bobby Z told me that um, you know they go way back. Bobby started basically as Prince's assistant before he was even his drummer. He was driving him around to appointments and things, and he said they went into a Burger King once and. He went up to order, and Prince told him what he wanted. I'll have a cheeseburger, and then made Bobby tell the person. <laughs> and he wasn't famous oh. yet. He wasn't even famous in Minneapolis. Like he, like no one would have known who he was. But he already had that, whatever that is about Prince, where he needed to have that little air of mystique around him. It was already there. Oh man! Of course, of course. <laughs> Uh, I I understand what you're saying about, you know, your memory gets a little warped when you tell a story over and over again, because my Prince story is, it's, if I tell the whole thing, it would take a long time, but there's like a punchline to it, you know, because he always left people with that little moment. Yeah. And I've definitely, especially after he passed away, I've just revisited that whole experience and it was really, I just feel so thankful that I got to spend time with him and, and see him as like a normal person and and just kind of like, hang out, which is so weird to say. Like, I hung out with Prince, but it's true. <laughs> like, he was just so down to earth and just, like, so eager to have a friend over and, like, talk and just, like, play me music. And I don't know. It's just, I I treasure that so much. Um, yeah, so I've been, oh. you know, I go back there and it's, like, it's when I'm there that all these little moments will come back. Like, I remember walking into Studio B with him and the lights were on really bright. And he just kind of winced and he was like, ugh set a mood and I don't even know who he was saying that to but all of a sudden the lights like dimmed and then someone lit a candle <laughs> like I totally forgot that until I was there just a few weeks ago and I was like oh my god that was so funny <laughs> wow 
Uh, he's oh man, that's so cool that you're doing that. I um I took a tour. Oh good. When I was there. Oh yeah, and I went like crazy at the gift shop. I think it's pretty great. You know, growing up and listening to Prince, like the idea of Minneapolis, it's just sort of like it's such a um new city or something. I don't know what it is, but like you would expect, like maybe Chicago or something, you know, or Los Angeles or New York. And what, like, the concept of Minneapolis to me, like, it became, because of him and all those bands, it became, like, uh, an emerald city. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, because it's all in lyrics and stuff and these photos and what is this place, you know? Yeah. And... Um, none of the stories, you know, it's not like Liverpool, like, well, it's a working class place and it's just like these docks. It's like, what is this like little um, mini utopia that everyone's singing about, you know? Yeah. I love I the stories of that time period where, you know, I think in like historical images, like it, you feel like it's very separate. Like there was the replacements in Who's Du and then there was Prince and like those are two different worlds. But there's all these stories of, like, Prince just hanging out backstage at the 7th Street entry and watching Babes in Toyland, you know, or, um, you know, the just the overlap of those worlds and, and the way that they inspired each other. is just, I, it seems like it's just being uncovered now that that yeah. kind of crossover was happening. Yeah. I think Paul Westerberg has mentioned it um, a couple times, too. Like, you know, also because of the studio. Even if it was a little later, it, was still, it still happened, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Bland told me a story actually about he was, you know, in the NPG and they were doing some kind of photo shoot at Paisley Park and Paul Westerberg was recording and he basically like snuck into the studio, which if you know Michael Bland at all, like the idea of him like tiptoeing in a room is kind of comical. And he talked his way onto the record and ended up drumming on Paul Westerberg's solo record. I didn't realize that that like that's literally how it happened. He just was like, I love you. Can I be on your album? So sweet. Wow. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, Michael, Michael Blaine was a real, he was a powerhouse. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, he's still drumming to this day. He plays every Monday night at, they have this band called Dr. Mambo's Combo that's like basically a super group of all these Minneapolis sound guys that still gig all the time. And Sonny Thompson will play with them. And he, you can see him every Monday if you're ever in Minneapolis. Wow. Yeah, I, I, that's something I would love to go see. Yeah, and you can sit at Prince's table. <laughs> he had his own little oh. table, and they've got, like, purple Christmas lights around it now. It's really sweet. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I love Minneapolis's love of Prince. Oh, yeah. As it should be. We're obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for tagging me. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, I really uh, appreciate This is, it. like, I, 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 I mean, you know I can talk about it endlessly, and, um, uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm flattered that you would ask me about it. But, oh. um, but yeah, that, that video and that song that really had a huge effect on me. So. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the complete four-part series, Prince, the story of 1999, wherever you get your podcasts.